Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is the 7th of February. We are a week down in February, and there's like a straight four weeks in February, I think. Do we have a leap year this year? Yes, we do. I forgot. That's right. We had a leap year, and that's why Christmas was moving up two days and not one, because remember, everything was Wednesday this year, and then all of a sudden, Christmas is on Friday, Valentine's Day is on Friday. We have like five Friday the 13th this year. Um, New Year's is on Friday. There's like all these, Halloween is on Friday. Everything's like jumps from the middle of the week till the end of the week. So that's kind of cool. And maybe we'll get one more colder day in Southern California, which, holy cow, it's been, I know, it sounds like the biggest lightweight. But when it's like 58 degrees during the day with the sun out, that feels really cold. And the minute you're not in the sun, that's when you feel it. Um, Because it's not just that it gets cold and that, but it gets windy. Like we get these high winds and those winds are what's cold. If you're just standing there and it's 58 degrees, it's not such a big deal. But when the wind is cold, it's, it's like, um, I don't know if Californians know what a wind chill factor is, but coming from Chicago, we'd have a wind chill factor and um, there's no wind chill factor here. So I'm not going to act like the lightweight that I've become, but that's the story. So today is Questions Friday, and I got this long question from Christopher Sedre, and he says, good morning, Nadia, question. How, without its bodily sense organs, will my soul feel or perceive? I don't know. All I know is that when we die, we'll find out. We are pretty much veiled from that. We don't know how we how we would feel without our bodies yet. Um, and if we did, and we realized that it wasn't so bad, we wouldn't be so scared of dying, would we? But if we weren't scared of dying, we wouldn't be here as long. We would want to leave. Think about that. Almost everything we do is based on our fear of dying. Almost everything we do. I'm in a situation now where we had a life and death situation in my family. And we're dealing with maintaining their health to keep them alive. And it's something we have to do every single day. Because the thought of dying for that person and for us that are around them is inconceivable. We don't have concept for that. That's where the veil comes in, that, that big old veil that comes in and says, uh, I, that's, you're not supposed to know about that. Because if you did, your fight for life will not be there. Your fight for life will not be there. And we need to be here 
here to do what we need to do. So anyway, just answering the first question, because this kind of goes on. Christ in Origins of Truth speaks. I was seen as a soul because I came back, and that defies human logic. However, it does not defy the logic of the universe, for every soul never dies. Very true. Our soul never dies. We don't need our bodies when we're home, which was, to me, my biggest disappointment, because if I don't have a body, I don't need to feed a body. So that means there's no food at home. What am I going to do with all my little cooking skills, right? I was going to miss the food. But when I get there, I won't. Because Christ told me it's like when we're asleep. We're not hungry. And if you're not hungry, you don't think of food. We have no body maintenance. We don't need a house with a toilet or a or something to shield us from weather, that that just doesn't exist. Sounds kind of cool. I'm a little intrigued, but not enough to take my life out and go, because I cannot conceive. Even here, with everything we know, I cannot conceive or perceive it. And then I might say things to myself, like, hey, I don't want to leave my children. We feel that sense of responsibility, that sense of family, that sense of being around. You help fix things and create things and make a good life. Think about that. So let's continue because I love the origins of truth questions because it reminds me of even the days I, it came out of me. So he said, how did he came back? How did he came back to earth as Jesus? the man, or as Christ, the angel. Is the angelic body one thing and the human body another? That's a great question for God, um, which I am not. But I don't know if the angelic body is one thing and the human body is another. And I've even thought of my body as being angelic or not. How he came back to earth as Jesus I don't know that's the miracle and and don't forget in origins of truth there were some questions that he didn't answer do you remember why because there's certain things if we knew the answer to them the mystery of them would be gone and we would stop talking about it I want you to think about the power of mystery, the power of unanswered questions. People debate these things for hours and for days, for years and for, I want to say now, centuries. But if we knew the answer, would we debate? Think about yourself when you have a question. And you're searching for an answer. You don't know where to look for it, but you're searching for it. And you don't, you don't know. You keep looking. You start asking people. You want to know just exactly like you're asking now. Great questions. And I think one day we will know the answers to them. It's kind of crazy. 
Because somehow there are certain things that we just have to say. I'm not meant to know that here. Because if you really think about it, when we say, is there a God? Well, how do you know there is? Who came up with the word God? Think about that. There were a few people here on earth who got communication and either wrote it down or someone wrote it down for them if they could not write in their time, which was true for the Prophet Muhammad. He was illiterate. But yet, he memorized without trying all of these prayers in Arabic. And I heard them, and they are beautiful, they are rhythmical, they sound like music. There is no way on the face of our earth that somebody could make that up. There is no way. And the things that were said were absolutely beautiful. Before the human hand touched religion, before the human mind decided that certain people were good or bad, we all would have benefited in one way or another to hear that beauty. But politics has no conscience. Deciding people are better than another is done without conscience. We have no conscious reasoning when we start pointing fingers. But even the concept of God is radical, or was at one time. And why did we choose to take the angle of being scared of God? Here God is love and wants us to learn and we come here and we choose our parents and where we're going to live in this world that doesn't look so big to God but looks very big to our little bodies on this earth. And the earth is going to outlive us no matter what we do to it and no matter why we do it, no matter what generation we're in, no matter if we think the end of the world is coming in all this doom and gloom. We're going to die with those ideas. We just have to do our part while we're here. But how do we know where we're going? I, before I saw Christ, just completely trusted that. Now that I saw Christ, I couldn't wait to tell people, and I didn't know how to tell people without sounding crazy. But if somebody put a gun to my head and told me to write a book called Origins of Truth prior to the time I was writing it, I, I wouldn't have even believed them. So the fact that that came through me and gave us as much answers as we need for this 
time in our history, while it still maintained a sense of continued questioning for us to keep asking and debating and pushing each other and and saying, well, really, what did happen? I saw glimpses here and there, which reinforced my level of trust, which reinforced my level of love, not only for God, but for us. Because the understanding of how our minds work, what our minds desire, what we think we want and don't want, and why. Because the things we want now, in the early 1800s, we didn't even know existed yet. Population was different. Food was different. Illnesses were different. Care for illnesses was different. Communication was different. Location was different. That's why I always say the one that we are is that we are all here at the same time in our history. Where you chose to come at a time There has always been, no matter how scary and weird and crazy our financial system is running, or good or bad, no matter how good or bad our political system seems to be running, no matter how good or bad our health is, we chose to come and experience this in this time. And the world will go on over and above the arguments, the fights, the this person's going to do this and that person's going to do that, over and above that. So the question, is the angelic body one thing and the human body another? I don't know. I never really thought about different kinds of bodies. But usually an angel is someone we don't see, doesn't have form, and doesn't need a body. So I don't know how to answer that one. However, this too only raises more questions. There you have it. Will my angelic body be a more perfect replica of my human one, complete with skin and nerves? That I know is no. We don't have bodies once we leave here. We do not. We don't need them. We don't need to be grounded walking on um, a concrete floor. It's not that we're floating because we are in a different form. We come recognizable to each other like Christ came recognizable to me so that I would know that I was seeing someone because I am veiled from anything else and our reference points are how we look. So that's the best answer I have for now. Um, unless I, I get privy to more, that's all I know. But I do know that we don't have a body after we leave here. And I had to be with someone who passed away to see that soul leave, literally leave 
And when I turned around and looked, the person did not look the same. And it was my mom, somebody I know. And when I looked at her, I definitely knew that was just her body. That was just her body. When I saw the look on her face when she left, after being completely out for days, the look on her face was magnificent and made me not scared to die. It didn't make me want to rush to it. I still had that feeling like I'm not ready. I was why would I, you know, that not fear of death, really. I don't think because of her, I fear it. But I still can't conceive it. I'm not there yet. I'm not ready yet to think like that. So if not, how will it see, hear, or touch other souls and enjoy any of home's delights? Because your soul, and this is something I did see on one of my little, I want to say field trips with Christ, was that if two souls are there, we flow through each other and we pick up each other's complete data. Everywhere you've been, everything you've seen, the other person will know. When I saw Christ, Christ did not stand in front of me with a chalkboard and talk to me and give me lessons. That's not how that worked. But what did happen was, in his presence, I knew everything he knew. I knew everything. And it was just a very solid feeling to know everything. And then when he left, all that knowledge left with him, and I could not remember everything he knew. All I was left with was what I knew. Because I did not earn his experience. He earned his experience by living through it and experiencing it. And I did not. However, that being said, now one of my experiences was experiencing him. And what I did know was there's a lot we don't know. But what we came here to learn, we know what we need to know to learn what we need to learn because that's why we came. It's like if you went to school to be an electrician, they're not going to teach you how to play piano to become an electrician because you don't need to know how to play piano to be an electrician. And we're here, so we don't need to know exactly what home is. And knowing doesn't make anyone better or worse. It's just part of my experience. And because I am a human being and I have a mouth, ears, nose, arms, and I'm a person, I can tell you. But if I die, I'm trying to put as much of it in documentation. I'm trying to do the classes and to be more public, even though it was the biggest part of me that I resisted. And most of that was because I didn't know how. And I had to learn. I had to learn how people live in different stages of life, what the brain thinks of before it becomes homeless. This is if there isn't mental illness involved. 
how it feels to raise children, how it feels to raise a special need child, how it feels to be part of arranged marriage, how it feels to be part of a second marriage, a blended family, what all the different characters in that do. I had to learn. And I knew lifetime that Christ was making them very personal to me so that I would learn every breakdown, every cell, every frame of what the human mind goes through when it needs to learn something. So how will you see, hear, or touch other souls or enjoy any of home's delights? You will. Seeing my mom's face told me that made her a lot happier She knew she didn't need her body anymore, and that's when we can accept leaving it, and that's when we leave. If so, must it not feel pain along with pleasure since the human body's capacity for one is necessarily equal to its capacity for the other? We don't, there you, you answered that in your own question, the human body. When we leave here, we are no longer human. We are now just our soul, which has all the contents of everything we have ever done. And I know, um, Christopher, you're the one person who keeps telling me we don't have souls and we're not souls. And for some reason, this concept of a soul, you can call it whatever you want, just like we can call God whatever we want. It's just the common word for it. Um. I, I don't even understand why that's an argument, but it's, it's, you know, important to you for some reason, but Christ keeps calling us souls. I never said the word soul in English. So um, in Arabic, it's commonly used, and the word is roh, like R-O-U-G-H, I guess, roh. And my mom would say roha for a girl and roha for a boy. But it was a very common word in the Arabic language. And it's used throughout the Quran. Um, so my mom would use that to, um, to just like normal conversation, tell us something. So whatever the word is, my mom's word, soul in English, and whatever it is in another language, it just means that part of us, that lives on over and above coming here and over and above leaving here. So I hope that I answered those questions because they're good questions. And origins of truth, the truth in that book is definitely unfolding before my eyes. The things that Christ wrote, I understood for my capacity while I started writing that book 18 years ago, while I started, and now, what did he say? There would be no longer gray. There would be black or white. And now we have a completely down the middle, divided country. And if you were to talk about the issues to one One group sees it one way, the other sees it another way, and they are speaking two different languages. And they are banging their heads against the wall trying to figure out how the heck one side or the other cannot 
see what the other one is saying, cannot even hear it, cannot even bear it. And it doesn't matter what side you're on because both sides are feeling it. One feels it in frustration and the other feels it in calling others different names and different things. But we're seeing that divide. We're seeing the young people rise when Christ said start with the young because they don't give a patootie. I don't know if you guys use that word. My dad used to use that a lot about what we think and what we want because they know we're going to grow old and die. They're going to save their planet because they still have a life to live here. And they still want to live a life here. And if they were to read Origins of Truth, they will understand the difference. And they are really pretty keen about it now. They're hardwired different than we are because they came at a different time in our history. And these questions that you may be asking as a 30 or 40 or 45-year-old, a 20-year-old, is looking at longevity. They're looking at sustainability. Even their food supply, which has been tainted, they are now rejecting. They're rejecting being a sick society. They're rejecting the mistakes that we have made because if they were to continue doing them, we would not last very long. And one thing we are hardwired to is sustainability. So this question goes far deeper than the kinds of answers we could give because most of the people of our generation are concerned about what really exists at home. What does God really want? Well, us to learn. What you came here to learn for your time in history. That's why when we speak to people, we can get so many different perspectives because each person's lessons have taught them something different. And it goes back again to what Christ said. We are all the same. And then we are all different. And then we are all the same again. We're all the same in our needs. We are all different in our gifts and our experiences. And then we are all the same in that we all look for truth, love, and purity. And if it's pierced, we get injured, which shapes our experiences. It shapes how we see them, why we see them that way, and what we do with the experience that we have gained. So. If it does not defy the logic of the universe, for every soul never dies, it doesn't. That I know for sure, because I saw where we came and I saw where we go back. But Jesus Christ, whatever we call him, I always think of him as the angel of love since I've seen him. I always look at him as love 
I don't even care what we call him on a human level because all I felt was love, all I learned was love, and all I continue learning is love. I used to think I had to love everybody, but as a human, we all only have so much time, so I can't stop at every port. But I have learned how to pray for love for the people I love that can't hear me or don't want to hear me or are angry with me because I'm a mirror. And now I understand that, which I didn't before. And I used to try to fix everything. Now I have a much clearer vision of what's mine to fix and what isn't. And when Christ said, don't stop at every port, walk and talk, I understand now the power of saying the things that I need to say and then to continue doing that so more souls, more people can hear it because we need the guidance at this time. And that is my job. But as a human, I'm a mom and I want to take care of everybody. But I found out I could love everybody and trust that they can take care of themselves because we can. So thank you for that question. There's a lot going on in it. I don't know if the answers helped. I hope they did. You guys have a great weekend. I will see you on Monday morning and enjoy this first weekend in February or actually second. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.